You heard a calling from a void deep inside and you answered ready and found yourself here at Karen's Couch. Welcome to your quest of personal mastery. Hello, hello everybody. Welcome back to Karen's Couch. Great to have you here. I want to start the show by reminding you to click on the link and leave me a voicemail message on SpeakPipe. I've popped the link into the show notes that are attached to this particular show. So go to iTunes, go to Spotify, go to iHeartRadio, wherever it is that you're listening to this show, Karen's Couch website, and click on the link, leave me a voicemail message. I want to talk to you. I want to hear what you have to say. So let's get straight into today's topic. It's all about being present. It's all about what this present moment contains. And I want to challenge us as we listen to this show to embrace what the present moment contains as if we had chosen it ourselves. Now, what on earth does that even mean? Hooly, dooly, shizbang, because when we are going through one hell of a time, the last thing that feels doable is to look at what we're going through and say, I chose this, you know, <laughs> especially when there are other people involved and it's very easy to lay the blame. I want to say to you, I absolutely get it. It makes complete sense to me. And what I'm talking about today is 100% counterintuitive. There it is, my friends. <laughs> I don't want to lead you up the garden path that you would think I'm talking about unicorns, sunshine and rainbows and only seeing the soft and pretty things in life. What I want to say to you is that the soft and pretty things in life are magical and they are your blessing. They are your gift for the hard work that you do when they are not present. When they are not present, what is present, unfortunately, in the nature of humanity and the way that we live our lives in this day and age, there is a great deal of contrast. There is a great deal of suffering. There is a great deal of us looking at our lives and wishing it was different. And it was the Dalai Lama that actually said, it is because we look at the present moment and think it should be different that we suffer. And that is what today's show is about. Today's show is about putting up the question of how do we put an end to our suffering? How do we put an end to the dark days? How do we put an end to the depression? How do we put an end to the anxiety? How do we put an end to waking up and feeling like we don't want to get out of bed? How do we put an end to that exhaustion that comes with that? How do we live a different kind of life? I was just actually downstairs looking outside. It's, you know, 5.30 in the afternoon at the moment. And I was observing the beautiful color of the blue sky with the wispy clouds and the palm trees blowing in the background. And as I looked up to the sky, I was shaking my head going far out. <laughs> there has got to be more to life than this. Surely there's got to be more to life than the constant up and down of yay things are going terrific and I've got lots of wonderful exciting things to do and I'm launching a podcast and I'm on stage and I'm you know feeling like I'm really fulfilled and that is 100% the truth 
And then there are moments of contrast to that where I feel like I don't want to get out of bed. I feel like it's too peopley out there, Snoop. And I feel like Charlie Brown in that little skit that he does with Snoopy where he sits underneath his blankets and Snoopy's under the blankets and he says, it's too peopley out there, Snoop. And they don't want to get up. They don't want to go and face the world because there are some aspects of the world that we now live in that are drenched in uncertainty. And there are people who are a profound reflection of that uncertainty. There is a deep wound that I see among us in a collective consciousness. There is a deep wound that I think the last two years has exacerbated and really brought to the surface, which on one account is amazing because we are responding and acting in a very different way as more truths are being revealed about the last two years. And we're starting to see that there's a little less division and a little less separation in viewpoints and, you know, perspectives on the last two years. And I think that because we are beginning to see things differently and because we're beginning to feel things differently and we are on the edge and the precipice of a giant leap to a new paradigm and a new way of existing, I think that we are beginning to open our minds and open our hearts and sometimes in that journey of opening up to what else is possible, there is the journey that every hero goes on where they feel like it's the dark night of the soul. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. And I think this is a really good time for you guys to think about clicking on that link and leaving me a voicemail message. Pause the show. Leave me a voicemail message and let me know if you feel like you've gone through a bit of the dark night of the soul or if you're even going through it. I'd love to talk to you about it and I'd love to talk to you about it on the show if you're open to that. But if you're not, that's okay. Just leave me a message and then I can, you know, answer some of your questions on the show. But it's always darkest before the dawn and we collectively are starting to, and, and, I, and, and I just want to say, I think our younger ones are pushing this because our younger ones have come in with a collective consciousness of intolerance of control. You try and control a millennial and you try and control a kid that's younger than a millennial, good luck with that. And I think that that's intoler that intolerance to control, it's what's forcing the collective consciousness to a greater standpoint of self-awareness where we begin to look inside a little bit more and go, well, hang on, do I really need to be fearful of this? Do I really need to see the extent of this or this experience to the extent that I'm seeing it with so much contrast and so much hell? Or can I look at this through different eyes and see different possibilities? And when I was looking at the sky downstairs and I said, shit, there's got to be better than this, instantly, that was the click of my fingers, <laughs> instantly what I heard inside of my mind well of course because you're not here with this you're off thinking about how you know you want to start training again next week how you're moving house how you're doing the podcast what other content blah 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 you're constantly thinking and the mind is this constant circular machine that seems to act of its own accord 
and it gives me this sense of busyness and noisiness and it's going all the time like there is no relent there is no let up to what this brain and this mind can get up to if I let it run wild with itself so I feel like there's so much more that we can be present to that when we stop to be present in the moment it's almost as if that giant roller coaster of contrast also stops it's as if we begin to see that whatever is in this present moment, I am participating in it. So what am I bringing to this present moment? Am I bringing to this present moment peace? Am I bringing to this present moment a busy mind? Am I bringing to this present moment a lack of presence? And where have I made choices to experience this present moment the way that I'm experiencing it. Nothing happens for no reason. Everything is purposeful. If we were to live like that was true, then that would give us greater meaning in every experience that we have. And if we lived like that was true, then I would then be very responsible for what I'm bringing to this present moment. I would be the I would hold the ultimate responsibility for bringing to this present moment joy, bliss, enthusiasm, love, light, connection, collaboration, expansion, enthusiasm. That would be on me. But instead what we do is we look out to the present moment and we go, "Damn, there's got to be more than this." <laughs> and then we think that we're waiting for the world to show us what else there is. Our level of responsibility contributes or, sorry, better said, our level of responsibility is 100% responsible for what this present moment contains. Now, I want, to try, I want you to try something on for me here. If you think of the word, the word present and we split it in the middle and it becomes pre-sent, try this on. I'm not right. I'm not right. And I don't ever want you to believe a word I say because otherwise it's just another belief system that you're taking on. I want you to actually try on everything that I share with you and I want you to see if it fits for you and if you resonate with it. And if you do, keep it. If you don't, get rid of it. Let's not be accumulating any more belief systems or any more other people's opinions. No, no, no. I don't, I'm not a, I'm not, I don't ascribe to that and I don't want you to ascribe to that either. So if we look at this sense of responsibility and we look at what I'm bringing to the moment, then whatever I bring to this moment potentially could pre-send what I'm sending into the next moment. And then here I am arriving in this next moment and I am participating in whatever it is that I pre-sent into it. So if you get to the point, like here's a classic example, um, I was having a conversation with somebody uh, two days ago and they were talking about their bank account and how, you know, they're just devastated because the bank account's really depleted and, you know, we were starting to go through some strategies for them. I'm a business coach, so we were going through some strategies. I just couldn't help myself. But looking at the accounting, I could see, and this is just a beautiful example, I could see how the bank account had been dwindling over the last, let's say, two or three months. And when I looked at the bank account and I saw the dwindling, my conversation was very much about, hang on a minute, this didn't happen overnight, did it? 
And the fellow that I was speaking with was, you know, almost coy and, you know, squirming in his seat. And he said, well, you know, I've had things that I've had to pay and I've had things that I've had to do. And then there was the thing that I had with the wife and there was the thing that I had with the holiday and the thing that I had with the kid and et cetera, et cetera. And so there were lots of reasons why the bank account was dwindling. And, you know, that happens. But what hadn't happened was he hadn't embraced the level of responsibility that he needed to embrace to understand that, in fact, he three months ago present himself this moment unconsciously, and we're always innocent, but he present himself this moment where this moment was always going to be inevitable. It was just a matter of time. And when we arrive in the present moment, whatever is there, we did it. We present it in some way, consciously or unconsciously. And if we can look at life that way and live that way, then that gives us responsibility and it gives us the, the ability to respond and correct or change or transcend or transform or do something that presends a different experience into the next moment. Now, I don't know about you guys, but even for myself, and I think my mum taught me this, that when, when it comes to money, if I save five bucks, I feel great. If I save $10 the next week, man, it feels fantastic. Just to feel that level of responsibility, just to feel that level of control in my own life. And it's a very different feeling to when I go and spend a hundred bucks on a pair of sunglasses. There's enormous satisfaction that I get out of the beauty and the trying on of the glasses and the fun and the playfulness of it. But that spending of the money has a certain sensation to it, but the saving of the money has another sensation to it. But either way, whether I'm spending or I'm saving, I am choosing what my next moment is going to feel like. I am responsible for it. So if we can live like that statement of, you know, be in the present moment and embrace what the present moment contains as if you had chosen it yourself, then it gives us more options to be more empowered in our own skin bag. And, you know, let's even go as far as to say, let's look at the Bali bombing and see, embrace that moment as if I had chosen it myself. Now, did I choose the bombing? Of course I didn't. That, you know, that would be silly. But did I choose to be there? Was I in a state of mind that actually, you know, was experiencing incredible contrast at the time? Yes, it was. And what was I pre-sending into the next moment once that happened? So we can't actually control sometimes what happens in the moment, but we can certainly control what happens the following moment. And I feel like there is this, there's this unwillingness amongst us to show up to that level of responsibility. I feel like we want someone to come along and save us. We want somebody coming along and make life easier for us. When in actual point of fact, you know, it's through the contrast that unfortunately us humans learn. And we don't learn until we feel the struggle and the strain. So I'm going to give you another little tidbit here out of my kit bag about the struggle and the strain and the challenge. 
And some of you guys might have heard me speak about this before in that challenges and struggles and strains and contrasts, they're very, very purposeful. They're not for no reason. And if we can see them that way, then we can leap from them more quickly rather than swimming around in the struggle of it. But the purpose of the struggle and the strain and the challenge is for you to discover and expand into new modes of operation, new decisions, new choices, new ways of handling that challenge. What most of us tend to do, though, out of force of habit, is we'll either ask other people what they think we should do and then we'll take their opinion. But, you know, we're trusting somebody else's intuition rather than our own. Or what we'll do is we'll dive into what we already know. We'll dive into what we think we should be doing and what we could be doing based on what we already know, based on our perceptions and our beliefs and who we think we are, etc. And then we go out and we handle that challenge. Now, we may handle that challenge in the moment, but what lands up happening down the track is history repeats itself. You get something similar happening, perhaps wrapped in a different package or with a different person or with a different set of circumstances, but the feeling is the same. And we think, damn, why does this keep happening to me? Like, what am I doing to continually create this for myself? At what point does life start to work in favor of me? You know, that becomes, <laughs> that becomes our inner dialogue and we feel quite defeated. And again, that then becomes its own challenge to handle that sense of defeat. But here's the trick with handling challenges and struggles and strains and contrasts and suffering of any kind is to look at the situation, be very present to the situation, because whatever you did to send that contrast into this moment, you definitely don't want to repeat and replicate that for the next moment. Also, when it comes to challenges, a challenge is not a challenge if you already know how to handle it. It's not a challenge, and that's the purpose of challenge is to teach you what you don't already know. So let me say that again. The purpose of challenges and contrasts and struggles and strains is to teach you something that you don't already know. So if you keep diving into what you already know to handle that challenge, you haven't handled it. All you've done is postponed it for another present moment. And history continues to repeat itself until we learn our lessons. And our lessons are always new. It's like life is a classroom and our experiences are the lessons and the people are the challenges and the contrasts and all of those sorts of delicious, textural, colorful <laughs> experiences that we have on this planet. It's all designed to teach you something that you didn't already know. So when you think of a challenge or you come up against a challenge, instantly think expansion, instantly think, thank goodness, this is great news. I get to learn something new about myself and I get to learn something new about how to handle this challenge. Let me go in search of what that is. And the very fact that you have acknowledged the challenge exists and that you are there to learn something new, your brain kicks into high gear and automatically goes out to try and find the answers because your brain cannot exist in a void. So it must find the answer to the existing challenge if you're not diving into what you already know. And it's a beautiful, beautifully orchestrated harmony that is set up by universal balance. And that universal balance 
requires us to be constantly expanded because we live in an expanding universe. You can ask any scientist about that. We might even get a scientist on the show to talk about that one day. I think that'd be particularly interesting. But we do live in an expanding universe. Our cells are dying and renewing every moment. We are constantly expanding. We are constantly renewing ourselves. Yet when it comes to handling life, we don't renew ourselves. All we do is the same thing, expecting a different result. Or we show up the same way with the same fears, angers, nervousness, anxieties, concerns, etc. that we've always had, and we expect a different result from the present moment. It doesn't work that way. If you have a challenge that you're faced with that is similar to something you faced before, know for an absolute fact it's an invitation for you to expand into the realms of what you don't already know. Accept that, acknowledge that, get excited about that or not, it doesn't matter. The acceptance and the acknowledgement of it is enough. And then the brain will set about working out what is a new way to handle this challenge. If you feel like you're having the same kind of argument with your friends or your family or your kids or people in your workplace or even with yourself, you know, if you're having the same sort of battle and it's just brought to mind a conversation I had with another client, Um, this was probably about a year ago and it was more around her weight. And like me, it's been a constant conversation. I want to make sure that my butt doesn't look big in my jeans and I want to feel fit and I want to feel healthy and I want to feel alive and I want to feel vibrant. And then I'll eat the Turkish delight. And she was the same. Her vice was pizza. So (laughs) she would just, you know, she couldn't resist the smell of pizza. It was a treat for her and she would lose lots of weight and then she would go out and have pizza and then forget herself and then find herself six months later back on the treadmill again. So what that's telling us is that the same challenge continues to present itself, whether it's weight or whether it's beliefs or whatever it is. When the same challenge continues to repeat itself in our lives, we haven't learned the lesson. We just keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result. What if managing our weight was actually not about pizza? What if managing our weight was more about the way that we thought about ourselves? Now that's a different approach. What if managing our weight and our health and vitality was also more about dropping um, psychological weight and leaving past hurts and traumas in the past or doing the work to reconcile and resolve them? What if we were carrying extra weight as as a way of protecting ourselves? Or what if we were using food as a way to feel like we have control because we don't feel like we've got control in any other area of our lives? Now, these are all just different suggestions and these are different ways of handling the same problem that are beyond just a diet. Whereas my girlfriend, or she became a girlfriend, just continued to go on diets over and over and over again, different diets, different nutritionists, different ideas all the time, but the problem kept repeating itself. So if you feel like you've got problems that repeat themselves or become similar, or you find yourself saying, when is life going to cut me some slack? then know that you're experiencing challenges and you haven't gone into the realms of what you don't know. You haven't been willing to say, or you didn't even know to say to yourself, the way I'm handling this ain't working. So let me find a new way that feels expansive, that feels inspiring, that feels empowering to me that will resolve this once and for all. What is that? And it never involves fear, it never involves violence of any kind, it never involves anger, it never involves defensiveness, it never involves 
fighting for yourself, etc. It doesn't involve any of those sorts of things because those responses to challenges and issues in our lives, trust me on this, those responses always come from your perceptions, your conditioned beliefs about what's right and what's wrong and that the world is wrong and you are right and he is wrong. That makes you right and you should need to fight for your rights. And if you don't, people will walk all over you. Who cares what people do? People will always do what people do. The only thing I care about is what's going on inside of your skin bag. And if what's going on inside of your skin bag is a whole world of trauma and anger and angst and tearing yourself apart, man, you are the one doing the suffering. The person who is on the receiving end or potentially part of the problem, man, they're not doing any of the suffering. They're just being them. And our beliefs and perceptions about what's right and wrong is what's causing us the problem. So that is actually the level that needs to be healed. I can hear you going, what's she talking about? Say that again. I've got a ring. Ring. Call up and ask me questions about this because this is probably one of the biggest pieces of um, shift. Well, this is the biggest piece in shift in shifting perceptions is understanding that our belief about right and wrong is the, is the greatest problem that we have when it comes to our ability to relate to each other. And I also want to say to you, our belief about right and wrong, coming back to what the Dalai Lama said, when we think that things should be different, we suffer. Now, if you think something is wrong, you are going to suffer. If you think something needs to be more your way, you are going to suffer. And it's not the situation that's going to suffer. It's you inside of your skin bag. And that is where the healing needs to start. That's where the reconciliation needs to start. Try this on for me. For the next hour, give up the need to be right about anything. Give up your need to control anything or anyone and say to yourself, I am not right. I'm neutral. And I don't have to control this situation. It will work out as it's supposed to. And I will show up and be completely present with nothing in my hands, no tools, no strategies, no beliefs, no perceptions, no nothing. I'm going to show up to this present moment with my hands empty and I'm just going to allow the moment to unfold and then I'm going to show up to the next moment and then the next moment and then the next moment and I'm going to see what that feels like. And if you can do it, if you can allow yourself to do it, you'll get your first glimpse and your first taste of freedom. And that, my darling friends, is an absolute hands-down promise that freedom comes wrapped in a package of no thing, nothing, showing up to the present moment with nothing, not a belief, not a perception, not a right or a wrong, no suffering, no expectations, nothing. And if there happens to be a challenge present in that moment or somebody challenging you, be open to it. Don't reach into your kit bag for defense. Don't reach into your kit bag for control. Don't reach into your kit bag for making anybody right or wrong. Don't reach into your kit bag for justification or previous experience to draw on. Allow yourself to be in the present moment and in your mind ask yourself, how have I chosen this? 
how did I pre-send this? And I was not wrong. So you're not, you're not, you know, as much as you're not allowed to make anybody else right or wrong, you're also not allowed to write, make yourself right or wrong either. No self-judgment. But ask yourself, if I'm showing up in this present moment and there just happens to be a challenge or somebody challenging me in this present moment, stay quiet for a change and just ask yourself, I'm going to embrace this moment as if I have chosen it myself. And now what will I do? And now how will I respond? If I'm going to not make anybody right or wrong, how am I going to respond? What am I going to say? You know, and, and it makes you feel quite benign. I'll be honest with you, and you'll probably feel like, oh, I don't know about that, Karen. Like, I've got to be able to defend my position. I've got to be able to say how things are. And that's okay. You know, you totally can. But just before you do that, take a beat and have this conversation with yourself and ask yourself, how can I embrace this as if I had chosen it myself? And if I have chosen it myself, why would I have pre-sent this for myself? Why would I have pre-sent this challenge? Why would I have pre-sent this conversation? Why would I have pre-sent this person to myself? What was in it for me? What was I trying to show myself? And then all of a sudden, the challenge is no longer about the person or the situation outside of you. The challenge becomes about you. Why would you have sent this to yourself? What have you really sent to yourself? What is the lesson here? And a lot of the times, if you're willing to go this deep, a lot of the times the answer to that lesson is about right and wrong, control, perception and beliefs and ha, the superior one separation and the belief that I am better or I know more or I have more control or I have more say or I have more experience or I'm, I'm more of an expert than others. Now, you know what? Here's the thing. If somebody asks you for your opinion, give it to them, of course. But if they don't ask you for it, keep it to yourself and just allow the present moment to unfold. And eventually people will look to you to teach them the things that you're an expert in. But let's not force ourselves on a moment. Instead, let's internalize the moment and continually ask ourselves, how and why did I pre-send this to myself? And I'm not just talking about challenges now, I'm talking about magical moments too. You know, when you have a magical moment, all too soon it's gone. I remember when Matt and I got married two years ago, everybody said the day was going to fly by. It so did. And I tried so hard to be so present to that day because it was the most precious, beautiful day of love between Matt and I. And I tried really hard. I really did. I tried really hard to be as present as I possibly could. And when it's those magical moments, remind yourself that you too have pre-sent that and you too have created that for yourself. Because life is a journey that is all about you. You are the center of the universe. Make no mistake about it. Your world and the world around you is all about you. It's designed and orchestrated for you to expand and for you to have an awesome experience here on this planet. Because at the end of the day, we're all going to land up in a box. So if we're all going to land up in a box, Jeepers Creepers, you want to make sure that it's going to be one hell of a ride, don't you? 
So let's set ourselves free. And this is one of the first steps that I feel we can easily apply if we're open and if we're willing to be present in the moment and embrace what that moment contains as if we had chosen it myself or ourselves. Sit with that. Come back to me. Talk to me. Let me know how you feel about today's show. I'm excited to have shared it with you. I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Have an amazing day. All my love, you guys. Bye for now.